0: Welcome! I'm your host, Fran Capo, the Guinness Book of World Records' fastest-talking woman. But don't worry, I'll be talking slow during this podcast. You're listening to Fran's World, a show about humor, hope, happiness, and fulfilling your dreams. On each podcast, I have a different guest from all over the world who are successful in their fields. Artists, scientists, quantum light healers, millionaires, adventurers, world wrestling champs, fellow world record holders, comedians, directors, TV show hosts, Emmy award-winning producers... You get the point. I love to catch them off guard and ask them questions that you've always wanted to ask and really get inside their minds of what makes them successful so you could apply it to your life. So sit back and enjoy today's Fran's World Podcast. Adventure Girl, explore your world. My first guest. All right, now, I don't know if you call this nepotism because... She's part of the family. Okay, so my first guest here is uh, Pam Litman. Now, Pam is a very interesting story here, so I'm going to, because, you know, I don't have people's things memorized here. Okay, first of all, l- let's start with some statistics. You know, there are 107,918 Forster children eligible for and waiting to be adopted. It, that's according to 2014, 50,644 Forster kids were adopted, a number that has stayed routinely consistent for the past Five years in the U.S. The average waiting time for a child to be adopted is 7.7 years, and 29% of them will spend at least three years in foster care. They say the most current figure is there are more than 400,000 children in foster care in the U.S., and there are over 153 million children worldwide who are orphans. Our next guest, or our next, our first guest here is Pam davis Lippman. She's a mother of three children and just started working at the very same adoption agency that she was adopted at as a child, Spencer Chaplin Agency. And at the tender age of two and a half, she was adopted. Since knowing you were adopted might be a hard thing for kids to accept, Pam decided to write a book called My New Family and Me, which helps kids that are adopted through rhyme and through wonderful illustration understand the adoption process and that the parents that adopted you loved you so much. They wanted to make you part of the family and take you home. Pam is a member of the Society of Children's Books and Writers Illustrators. Please welcome Pam Littman. It's a pleasure to be here, Fran. Um... So, Pam, so this is what I want to ask you. You know, in the beginning of your book, you explain the story of how you got adopted at the age of two and a half. I think the audience should hear that so they understand what it was like for you.
1: Actually, my first memory is being in the adoption agency um, and seeing my parents for the first time. I was on a warm radiators in uh, February. And my mother came in and she started crying. My father calmed her down. And, um, you know, they started playing with me. And my mother said that I knew from the beginning that you were meant to be our child. And... um, It just, it was, I actually have vivid memories of being in court, Um, but those were my first memories.
0: Now, so when you say, when you say your mom, you're referring to your adopted mom. Adopted mom, yes. Okay, now, just out of curiosity, did you understand that you were actually being adopted? Did you, or how did they tell you that you were meeting these two people that might take you home?
1: I don't really remember that. But the agency guides the potential adopted parents um, on how to proceed, so the child eases into the new home um, without, you know, being fearful. Or and um, it was just it we it was a connection right away. Uh, I even looked like my adopted mother.
0: Oh well, that, that's an extra <laughs> plus if you're out in the street and someone yeah. says, "Hey, wait a minute, is that kid yours?" You yes, know, absolutely. Then, then you look. Then you look like the mother. Now, um, in in your book, um, it, you said that it was the Louise Wise Adoption Agency in New York City. But actually, the cool thing is now you work for Spence Chapman Agency, which you said is the same adoption agency. Is it? It's a sister agency.
1: Um, Louise Wise was primarily adopting out Jewish children, whereas Ben's chapman and I just found this out interesting, Um, Catholic children were being adopted out of the agency. And um, I love it. I I just connected right away with the people that... A lot of social workers, a lot of um, adoption attorneys. um, And it's funny how it comes full circle. And I feel like I'm home again. And I'm giving back.
0: Well, now, so that's really cool. So you... Got adopted from that agency. Did you know the name of the agency that you got adopted? Or as you were an adult, you said, where did I get adopted from?
1: As an adult. And information started coming out. And I was curious about my background. And um, when I got married and had my children, my, they were my First blood relatives that I met And we had Aaron And my husband and I are both dark And who's Aaron? Aaron's my oldest son He's 24 and he came out He's a towhead, Blonde as blonde can be and I knew absolutely nothing about my medical history, which was so important because a doctor would ask me when I was pregnant. I didn't know. So that's what prompted me to find my biological parents. I found them within a half an hour so it was meant to be. I asked my parents, uh, Gloria and Eddie, if they would mind. They said no. Um, they figured it might happen one day because I was two and a half and I was older. And they were very open about it.
0: So at what so at what age did you uh, seek out your birth parents, your mother?
1: Um in my early 30s. And um it was just it was amazing because I got very lucky. Um they both both sides, my mother and my father's side embraced me. And my mother actually met my aunt And it was just like one big happy family. And it's very interesting because it's like, I'm like a science experiment. Nurture versus nature. I walk into my biological cousin's homes and I see the same artwork. My biological mother played with her hair. Her favorite color was blue, Um, like me. So many things. Just the things that I found out, you couldn't make this stuff up.
0: So when you, meet your, when you meet your birth mother, and obviously now you've been raised by your adopted mother, who you call mom, yeah. do you then call both of them mom?
1: No. Um, I called my biological mother, Pearl. She gave me life, and my parents raised me. So they're my parents. I got lucky. I have two mothers who happen to be buried next to each other. Crazy story. When my oh, you really want to hear this? When my my mother was from California, and she, when she died, they said, "Is there a next of kin?" Yes, daughter. So they, you know, she was cremated. And I inherited her ashes.
0: Now, who's...
1: Who are you you talking about? You're going to have to... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking about my biological mother, Pearl. Okay. Um, Use her name. Yeah. Okay. And um, so I called the rabbi and I said, Rabbi, I have these ashes of my biological mother. Where do I bury her? I mean, what do I do with the ashes? Well, bury her. Make it final. So I happened to have had an extra grave um, because my adopted mother died a few years prior. So they're buried next to each other. Wow. So when I go visit, I go visit my two mothers.
0: That <laughs> it is... must be having a ball. Uh, well, that's cool because they're probably talking about ah, Did you know <laughs> that Pam does this. Pam does that. Now, let me ask, you also had an adoptive brother yes. that, that your adoptive parents, who are you, who you consider your actual parents,' right. um, Leslie No. Um, oh, uh, Eddie, Eddie and Gloria. Davis. Yes. Okay. Eddie and Gloria Davis are your adopted parents who you call your parents, because yes. they were okay. Yes. So they adopted a brother. Uh, and did you feel jealousy when they adopted him? Not at all.
1: I wanted, um, I wanted a little brother or sister, and he was a foster child in the beginning, and my parents fell in love with him. He was as tiny as can be. He was a little preemie, and I thought he was my doll, and my mother used to say, put the baby down, stop butchering him, put him down, you are know, hugging and kissing him too much. So, no, I treated him like he was my, you know, I,
0: I took care of him. I got older, babysat for him. So, absolutely not. So, then, let me ask you. So, all right. So, you're home. They leave, they go to the adoption agency. Do they tell you we may be coming home with a little brother?
1: Um, it's very vague. Um, they, again, he's a foster child, and just one day, bam, is <laughs> this little doll, you know, when I come home from school in the house. So I remember my parents talking to me about it. Um, but, you know, it's just. Uh,
0: Yeah. Okay, so now, how does that work? Because what is the difference between foster and adoptive? Um, I was also a foster
1: child. I had two foster homes. Um, And the difference is, is when you're a foster child, the families take you in um, and hope that you will be adopted, and they keep you there until you are. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of children um, are adopted later on in life um but i was um my mother actually my biological mother wanted to keep me but she wasn't able she said she loved my father they had a nice little romance and um so i was enforced she wanted to keep me so i was, I was not available to be adopted. So I was in two foster homes, um, and my, they called my parents, my adopted parents one day, Louise Wise, and said, "Come to, run to the agency. Um, we have a little girl who's available for adoption. Obviously, my biological mother um, had relinquished and signed the papers finally. And again, it was just love at first sight.
0: Now I I understand. So legally, what happens is once the mother gives the child, the birth mother gives the child up for adoption. Once she signs those papers, she no longer has parental rights. And then the adopted parent, she can't take them, say, oh, I changed my mind, and take them back. So she gets to keep them. Now, what is the criteria for people to adopt uh, a child? Uh, Can they be single? Can they be gay? Can they be, you know, trans? I mean, what are the the requirements? Anything.
1: Today, um, thank goodness, people are more open-minded and love is love. As a matter of fact, I'm uh, marching in the Pride Parade on Sunday with my daughter um, and people from Spence Chapin. And a lot of same-sex marriage couples are adopting children. As a matter of fact, I made friends recently with Rob Shear and he's amazing.
0: Um, yeah. By the way, Rob is going to be a guest today on the show. Unfortunately, uh, he had a uh, kidney stone. and he wasn't able to come, but we invited him next month. He'll be on the show and he'll be able to talk about that. And he's got a fascinating story, and Pam had introduced me to him. But what I'm saying when I'm saying the criteria, I understand that you're talking about love, but how do they check that somebody doesn't have a criminal background? I mean, like, what kind of criteria in that aspect? Not the, the love aspect. How do they make sure these are going to be good parents.
1: Well, they do do a background check. Okay. Um, they it takes a it's a long process. They have to visit, you know, the home, make sure that there's the parents are stable, have a good relationship, um, and the children will be cared for and have a stable home. And again, it's a long process to in you know
0: interview these parents and. Um, So do they come into the home and check that they have a bedroom for them? Do they check what the income is? Is there a limit on, you know, hey, this person's been out of work for, you know, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, everything. They check everything. Um, And they make surprise visits to the home.
1: Um, And they have to provide a wonderful home and life for these children.
0: Okay, well, that's good to know, because you don't want a child going from, you know, the fire into the fire pit. You want to make sure that the child is adopted into a good home. Now, it's not cheap to adopt. I know it sometimes depends. It could be anywhere from $40,000 to $34,000 if you do independent. Um, But if you're a foster parent, it's only like between $0 and $2,500. So if you wanted to be a foster parent and help out a kid in the meantime, you could do that. Pam, what is the name of the agency that you work with again, and could you give us their website?
1: It's Spence Chapin, and the website is SpenceChapin.com, and they're on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, and um, it's, they also have uh, the foster children come in, and they put on shows for the children on Sunday, and and I'm getting actually involved with the, the galas and stuff like that, so this is all new to me, and I love it.
0: You know what? I love that it came full circle. I love that you were adopted. I love that you're now in my family and I didn't even know you were adopted. I love you, Fran. (laughs) And, uh, oh, see, this is like a love fest. (laughs) And, um, I didn't even know, I didn't even know that you were adopted until you came out with the ball. Fran, a fun fact. Yeah. Your
1: father-in-law, Basil Davis was one of the first family members that I met.
0: I love this. See, and luckily I met Basil. There's a (laughs) lot of fun facts in the family. In everybody's family, they got a lot of fun facts. So, um, Pam, thank you so much for being on and being honest and talking about that. And again, guys, her book is called My New Family and Me, written by Pamela Littman. And it's uh, illustrated, easy to read, and in the back, it even has a section for kids that are adopted to fill out so they could have their little history in there. I understand you're writing another book. Good luck with that. And folks, we'll be back with more Friends World right after this commercial break. Thanks for being on. Thank you, Fran. Adventure Girl Explore Your World I'm your host, Fran Capo, and this is Fran's World. It's a show about humor, happiness, health, and you just heard us speaking to Pam about her experience at the uh, Adoption Center and being adopted in the loving family, and we're gonna continue. All right, now, my next guest all right, this is going to be a challenge, only because I've asked him six times how to pronounce his last name, but okay. <laughs> so, my next guest I met at an event called Talk Walk, and we were walking over Kensico Dam at Toby Nadler's event, and we just clicked, and he just, like, had a fascinating um, story of what he was doing, so I invited him to be on today as a guest. So, my guest is Marcel, and his last name is Hava Rimana. Hava Rimana. Hava Rimana. Rimana. Yeah. I don't have the accent. He does. He's got the, you know, magical voice. He's originally from the Republic of Burundi, and he will explain where that is. He's a former professional of organizational behavior and business management in New York City. Today is the national champion manager, uh, campaign manager of an organization that promotes financial literacy. Because a lot of people are just really stupid when it comes to finances. I got five dollars, let me spend six. No, that's not how it works. The goal is to create of movement to help 1 million families become financially literate. But if I could say the word, financially literate. His organization, World System Builders, conducts workshops in his office and or they visit the communities themselves and the families where they live. Those workshops are free of charge, folks, and consist of debt management, asset accumulation, retirement planning, wealth protection, college planning, building a strong financial foundation and much more his home office is located in middletown road in the bronx but he's going to tell us all about that so please welcome my guest marcel now marcel say the last name you see what i mean see how nice he says it okay now first for many who don't know can you describe where in africa um burundi is
2: the Republic of Burundi is on the heart of Africa. It's located in East Africa, It borders a small country called the Rwanda, and next to it there is a big country called the Congo, the Democratic Republic of Congo, and then Tanzania.
0: And it's also south of the equator If you're trying to just figure out where in the world And I've been to Tanzania uh, Yes, and I loved it I have not been to your republic But I've been to Tanzania And it was great Now, my son and I climbed Kilimanjaro there The national language is Kurunday Can you say hello to my audience in Karonde?
2: Amahoroneza
0: Wow, that's a lot for one word Okay, let me try it What is that? Amahoro Amahoro Neza Neza Amohora Neza Oh my gosh That's great Thank you Okay so now we welcomed everybody Okay now Burundi When I was looking up Is one of the countries in the world Unfortunately It's one of the poorest countries With 90 to 95% of the population Lives more than on $2 a day And it's also one of the most dense um, uh, Countries in Africa With 248 people per square mile So I think it is fascinating that you, your work, your love, your passion, is dedicated to helping people understand how to manage their finances.
2: Yes, that's correct. Uh, Being born and raised in the Republic of Burundi, and seeing how people are struggling, uh, it's amazing to notice that uh, since I came to America, uh, one of the richest country in the world, people are some many people are struggling as well. So, I came to this country. I went to graduate school, Southern Illinois University in Carbondale, and I did a master's in agribusiness economics. Uh, I wrote a thesis, which. At, uh, at what age did you come to this country? I was 28 when I came to this country. Okay. So. I studied agribusiness economics and my thesis was on coffee, the study of African green coffee market in the United States. I was lucky and I was very happy because uh, my scholarship was funded by USAID, United States Agency for International Development. And today, USAID is helping African countries promote their coffee here in America. And I'm lucky, I'm one of those people who have been selected to do so. I just came from a business trip in Rwanda and Burundi, where we visit the farmers and we visit coffee washing stations, and thanks to the U.S. government,
0: the World Bank, and the USAID. That is so awesome. So it started from a thesis, and it became actually something that now is helping thousands of people, I would imagine.
2: That's correct. Now, I'm promoting the coffee from Burundi to the United States, and I hope to raise the welfare of the population. In addition to that, I attended the workforce university in North Carolina, and I did an executive MBA. I was in finance department, and upon my graduation, I was hired by a school here in New York City to teach organizational behavior and business management. Unfortunately, because of the financial crisis, the school closed down, and I had to find something else to do. I was hired by a financial company on Wall Street and I worked there for a couple of years. But uh, realizing that many people are struggling economically and financially, I thought that it would be my duty to give back to the community, social responsibility. So I opened an office in the Bronx so that I can be close to the people I need to help to teach them how to be financially literate.
0: See and I love the slogan on your website. It says bring Wall Street to Main Street and your goal is teaching without confusing and complex jargon. In other words, you're not trying to use these highfalutin words. You're basically saying, Okay guys, this is what you need to do. You do X, Y, and Z. This will help you. This will help you save. And according to the website, which your website, which um, I found out, it says that you in the US, thirty-three percent of Americans don't pay their bills on time. That's about 77 million people who don't know the basics of just getting your bills paid on time so you can have a good credit rating. And if you have a good credit rating, then you can get a house, you can get a car, and that's very important. 39% carry credit card debt from month to month, and only 59% of adults have a savings. And I'm sure some of them, like I said, have horrible credit scores. So how does your service work, and what does it teach to get people Uh, to be able to get on board with getting their finances in order?
2: Very good. What we do is very simple. We don't speak or we don't teach finance in a complicated language or complicated manner. We want to do it the way that everybody can understand how the system works and what they can do about it.
0: So can you give us an example? Can you give us a tip that someone right now could leave with? If they knew, if they, one tip that you could give.
2: Yes. For example, in my office on 3030 Middleton Road here in the Bronx, we conduct different workshops. Among those workshops, there is a, a debt management. We teach people how to get out of debt, this is very interesting. And anybody who can follow our uh, advice, they can get out of debt easily. Second thing, we teach people how to do college planning. You know, many people, including myself, unfortunately, if you go to graduate school in America, you don't have a scholarship, you end up with a lot of school loans. Now, we try to help people, families, to save money so that they can send children to any school in America debt free.
0: But now, how does someone save money, if let's say they only make, and I'm just using it as a round figure, let's say someone only made $100, and their bills were $150, you know, to buy food, And the, how do they save if they're not making enough? How do you teach them? Do you teach them tithing? Do you teach them, does it matter, take 10% out no matter what?
2: The way we teach people is very simple. People talk about investment. But before they invest, they have to have a financial foundation. So in other words, we teach people how to get out of debt. Regardless of how much money they are making, try to save as much as they can. And then once they get out of debt, we teach people to save money for tomorrow. Like a a
0: rainy day. A
2: rainy day. Right. So in other words, you don't have to save tons of money, but you can have a little bit like for... Uh, three-month saving in case of some things happen to you. So people make $100, but they spend 120 This is American way. I'm sorry to tell you this, but this is the reality. American people, they live on credit. So we try to teach them how to avoid to spend more than what they make. It's very simple.
0: So if you make $100, you make sure that you only spend 95 and take that other 5 and put it in savings. So you're saying no matter how little, just if you put a little bit aside and that builds up a nest egg over time.
2: That's correct. If you make $100, we will try to explain you to teach you how you can save money. For example, instead of eating out 5 times a day a week, you can do it once or twice and buy groceries then then go cook at home. Instead of going out and have a drink every single day, you can wait until the weekend, you do it once a week. Instead of buying three or four cups of coffee every day, you can buy one or two and save money at the same time.
0: Or you buy the coffee from you and then they get really good coffee now. <laughs> um so those are great tips. They're so simple and logical, but a lot of people don't know that because they feel like, No, but I'm gonna be deprived, but you're not deprived if it later on you're gonna benefit because you'll be able to buy a house, so you'll be able to send your kid to college. So the benefits that are the future benefits outweigh the immediate gratification. Mm-hmm.
2: Excellent. For those people who are listening if you can come to my office or if you can invite me and I come talk to your communities your families I'm sure you will remember me forever. I will teach you what the IRS doesn't want you to know.
0: Okay, Very folks, good. now it's getting real interesting. We're going he's, he's got secrets for you that the IRS doesn't want you to know. In other words, how you could save money legally
2: how you can save money legally, and how you can minimize or avoid taxes legally. People don't know that. I know that. And also, I can tell you, I can teach you what banks don't want you to know. It's illegal. I know how to do it. I can teach you, and you can save money. For instance, very simple. Many people, like... uh, 85% 85% of the population, they save the money in their bank account. Why? Because it's safe, supposedly, and also it's easily accessible. You can get money from an ATM anytime you want to, but you get how many per- return on investment? Very little. Very little, 0.01 to 2% maximum. So, and then at the end of the year, they, this tax now, and they will send you a 1099 form, and then you have to pay tax on that money. I can tell you, if you want to, where 10% 10 of the population save money, in 401k, 403b, stocks, mutual fund, real estate, and so on. That's kind of uh, uh, tricky because you don't pay tax now, you pay tax later. My question to you, would you like to pay tax on seeds, or would like to pay tax on harvest. You understand the difference? I will teach you all this stuff. You understand that is 95% of the population. Now, 5% of the population, only 5% of the population, they know where to save the money, and they can take advantage of taxes. How do they do that? Those who are lucky that make $250,000 per year, they have a lot of financial advisors, fidelity investment. Uh, J.P. Morgan Chess, to name the few. But the rest, they don't have any advisor. They don't have any idea for how to do it. That's what I'm doing. I'm bringing this from the Wall Street to the Main Street. I'm coming to uh, talk to the real people, those 95% of the population who need those services. And I'm telling you, if we sit down and talk one-on-one or you come to the workshop, you will remember me forever.
0: I remembered you just from the walk. <laughs> and and again the world the website is worldsystembuilder singular worldsystembuilder.com. And you know, you think it may not be important, but it is really important. Unfortunately, they don't teach this in schools, which is something they should because these are the real life things you need to know when you go into the world. And if you get the knowledge from Marcel, There's no reason not to go to Marcel to get the knowledge because the workshops are free, correct?
2: They are free, correct. And uh, if I can uh, add to what she just said, only in the continental USA, there are only three states that are required to teach financial literacy in schools. The rest, they don't.
0: What states?
2: So if you don't get then uh, the education from the school, you don't get education from your home, you don't get education from financial advisor what do you do you don't do nothing so that's why you need to call me 646 400 4154 or visit my website wwwworldsystembuilder.com or please come to my office 3030 Middleton Road Bronx New York 10461 and then we will teach you all this that you need to know. We'll teach you what the five percent of population know and the ninety five percent the ninety five percent of population don't know. That's my responsibility to give back to the community. Thank you.
0: You know, I love it because we had a show about love of of people, and now we have a show again. I mean, and Marcel, you're also love of people because you want people to be a success, and it's good for the country when everyone is a success. You don't want people reliving the generation that their parents had, you know, doing the same mistakes, and usually the only thing we could model ourselves after is what we learn, and if we don't learn it. then we have no way of knowing what to do. So you're offering a fantastic service. And um, Marcel, do you have one last thing you want to say to to my audience?
2: Yes. Uh, Among those workshops that we do or when we visit people, I will just give you an idea of what we address, such as uh, are you still suffering from financial losses as a result of the recent economic downturn? Are you concerned about any of the following, too many bills or debt, lack of savings or of investment for retirement, lack of preparation for your kids' college education, not having enough protection in case of disability and so on. Do you want to learn how to send your children to school without debt? Do you want to learn how money works and how to build a stronger foundation?
0: There is tons more stuff that he has here. And so the best thing to do is just go to his website, worldsystembuilder.com. And uh, so I hope you enjoyed the show today. I want to thank our guests again. We had Pam Lipman and Marcel Hava-Rimana. But the main thing is worldsystembuilder.com and Pam's Bic, my new family, and me. This is Fran Capo on Fran's World. Adventure Girl, explore your world. Thanks for listening to Fran's World. Like us on Facebook and Instagram and tell your friends about us. The information on this show was relevant to the time of taping. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please feel free to email me at francapo.com. Until next time, remember, you control your world, and I thank you for pushing the button and spending time in mine.